Hey guys, it's Liz Kelly, here to tell you that we have a brand new podcast called Halloween Unmasked, premiering Monday, October 1st. Here's a sneak peek. There's trouble in the suburbs. A teenage girl named Lori Strode crosses a quiet street toward an ordinary house to find her friends. But Lori doesn't know that her friends are dead, and she doesn't know that she's walking right toward the masked killer, Michael Myers. The movie is Halloween. And Halloween just, it was like a, it was a breath of fresh, putrid air. He's a pure, unknowable evil. I'm film critic Amy Nicholson, and this is Halloween Unmasked, a podcast series from The Ringer celebrating the remarkable and terrifying rise of America's most revolutionary horror film. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to Halloween Unmasked, and watch your back. I, I think the scariest part was that he doesn't die at the end. So when you're 10, it's like, that guy's still out there. <laughs> we, we gotta get him. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Hi, Amanda. Juliette, you're back. I'm back. Wait, we have to do an unscheduled thing first. Okay. Okay, because we've got a whole slate of things we're going to deal with Bradley Cooper. We're going to try to deal with Bradley Cooper. <laughs> we're going to talk about Lindsay Lohan briefly, and we will do a Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin update. But first, Juliette. Yes. While you were gone... I let the people know that you had a very important sighting. It was really good. Could you please tell us every single thing that happened? Sure. I went to London. Yes. For fun. Yes. But the primary impetus behind the trip was I really wanted to see Hamilton in yes. London. Just felt that I, it just felt like something I had to do. Right. I love musical theater. I've never seen a show in the West End. Just felt like the right time. And so uh, my friend Caitlin, shout out to Caitlin Fine. She works for Baseline Theatrical, which is like the management company that that manages Hamilton. Great work by them and all of their various productions. Caitlin helped me um, acquire tickets to Hamilton. Hopefully, okay. I'm not getting her in trouble by saying this. Whatever, I paid for them. And when I got them, I, I like Googled the, the seat, like where they were. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. cool. These are really good seats. And then yes. I get into the theater, which is beautiful. Recently restored Victoria Palace Theater in, in the Westminster part of London. I was like, wow, these are great seats. This must be close to where Megan and Harry sat. And I was like, just really fired up. And I was like, this mm-hmm. is great. Looking around. So happy to be on vacation. So happy to be in London. Fucking love Hamilton. And then I'm sitting at my really good seat, thinking, to like, very pleased with myself. And then I look to my right, and this woman and her husband walk in um, very inconspicuously and I turned to my friend Catherine, who I'm with, and I'm like, um, I think we're sitting next to a royal. And then she like, <laughs> looked over me and she was like, yes, we are. That's Princess Anne. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, we've been in London for under 12 hours and we have a royal sighting. I can confirm that it was Princess Anne because Juliet, as a true friend, <laughs> took a uh, stealthy snapshot yes. of Princess Anne, which she then texted to me and it was definitely her. Yes, she it was. Sitting next to her husband. She was on the aisle. So are you also on the aisle? Yeah. That's really excellent. Yeah. Today. It was great to be on an aisle. It was amazing. It, it was like. There's a just a, a front section, like the kind of like typical orchestra, orchestra mm-hmm. section, section with no aisles. And then we were in the first row where there is an aisle. It's like right in the middle of the bottom level mm-hmm. of the house. Just a great view. It's a view I haven't I haven't encountered for Hamilton before. So it also like really added to my enjoyment. Okay. I looked over to see her reaction after every single song. Yes. She didn't react very much because she's, you know, in her 60s and been royal yes. her whole life. And she's also the most stoic of yeah. that generation. Yes. 
but she seemed like she enjoyed it. Her husband like laughed. The King George goes over great with the British. Like yes. absolutely love it. Immigrants, we get the job done. Huge applause. I couldn't see how she felt about that one, okay. but I think he did a, a ginger clap. And it was just phenomenal. Can I ask some follow-up questions? Yes, please do. So did anyone show her show them to their seats? Yes, someone did. And they also came with two security guards okay. who were sitting right behind them. Okay. So when you so this was like a four-person event. Sure. And I was just like, lucky for those security guards. They get to go to Hamilton with yes. great seats. <laughs> they were not really noticed very much. They came in like seconds before the, the show started. Mm-hmm. So people didn't have time to gawk at intermission. They just like left. I don't know where they went. And they came back. Right. They were very low key. A couple of people noticed. And you could see people in front of us like trying to do selfies that would catch Princess right. Anne in it. Yes. Um, many of them were not successful. Right. But I would say it was a pretty low key. Like people didn't really seem to notice. And then I, I did... Uh, double confirm it was her because I went on like the royal Instagram accounts and I saw her wearing the same dress like a charity event earlier in the day. She does She does also recycle clothing, yes. Um, do, so no one approached her? No one approached her and I, I think they would have been stopped. Someone came in late in her row and had to like climb over her to get to their seat and wow. I just felt for that woman. She probably was mortified when she realized that she had just climbed over a royal and she yeah. was late to Hamilton. I would be too. I also think Princess Anne probably was not nice about it. So final question. You did not, did you see anyone bow or curtsy no. to her at any point? That's no. kind of, I would really like to see that in the wild. A couple of people like freaked out like right after she walked out. Yeah. They left right away. They didn't stay for the whole right. applause at the end. But don't they in London, don't they do the national anthem? Do no. they still not do that? No. They used to do that. Okay, but they don't do that in the No, unfortunately. Anymore. I wish okay. they had. That would have been a real dissonance with Hamilton too. That's true. Would have been funny. Yeah. It would have been great. By the way, Hamilton in London is excellent. Okay. Just so good. Uh, yes. I Believe it or not, <laughs> I, you've told me that a couple times. <laughs> Hamilton's so hot. Oh, my God. His name is Jamal Bestman. He's just hot Hamilton. It's amazing. Okay. But I really want to keep talking about Princess Sorry. Anne for a second. You're right. Okay. So people noticed after she left. Yes. And this one guy was, like, right in front of me, or right behind me, excuse me. And he, like, okay. was like, I, he realized it was her. And he was, like, so fired up at the show. He loved it so much. Oh, that's great. And then he was told that. Princess Anne was right there and he was like, what? And he was just like going crazy. <laughs> and he was really excited. Mostly British crowd? Almost entirely British, yeah. yeah. Really like a stylish, hip, after work on a Tuesday um, audience. I was like really into it. I, I was like, wow, the, okay. the, the British are cool and hip, those who are coming to see Hamilton tonight. Right. And very then- very casual. Like in New York, you still get out-of-towners who like dress up to go to a musical. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell who who's from New York and who is visiting based yes. on how they're dressed. Everyone was really casual. I guess everyone knows in London you don't dress up for the for the theater. What was Princess Anne wearing? She was wearing like a floral dress that like floral. Yes, it was a white with like blue and green flowers and a okay. like a sweater or like a blazer type of thing over it. Okay, it was like pretty like pedestrian. Wasn't that dope? Okay, yeah. I mean, I don't really think she's like the stylish one. No, and then she, her husband was wearing gray slacks, mm-hmm. blue blazer, I believe no tie. In a shirt. And he looked very dapper. He looked he looked, looked like a rich British guy. Yeah. He looks good. He is. So. Yeah. Okay. He seemed to be loving life. I think being married to a, a royal who is not in line for the crown, particularly as a man, is mm-hmm. great. I think being the husband of a royal is great. Yeah. You still have to go to like a lot of weird events. Yeah. Like you a know? lot of charity stuff. Yeah. Your, your schedule, especially around the holidays, vacations, they're not yours. Totally. While we're on the topic of England. Yes. Let's just briefly detour into how... Princess Eugenie and, jo- and Jack Brooks Bank can't get anyone to broadcast oh, their yeah. wedding. <laughs> this is a travesty. <laughs> so um, her father, uh, Prince Andrew, the former husband of the Duchess of York, Fergie, he's, yes. a, he's the Duke of York. Yes. Um, 
he tried to broker a deal with the BBC, as the Daily Mail wrote, the Beeb, to get them to cover, to, mm-hmm. to broadcast their wedding, which is also at Windsor Castle, where Harry and Meghan just got married. And they declined because they didn't think their ratings would be good enough. So now he's trying to get ITV to broadcast it. If he was a savvy royal, he would just go straight to Facebook. Be like, dude, let's just put it live on your platform. That's true. He is not a savvy royal. His name is, I believe it's Andy Airmiles for all of the travel that he has racked up. Amazing. Um, Under his airline of choices. On the British uh, taxpayer's dime. Horrible. Yeah, he is not the savviest one. Would you say he's the most hated royal? I think so, just because of he hasn't done anything for the people. Right. And pretty much just shows up and is like, why aren't you broadcasting my wedding or doing all this stuff? And where do people stand on Sarah, Duchess of York, right now? I like her. Well, we all do because we're Americans. I think that she is a little... Do you remember this engagement was announced and then Fergie was basically posting... uh, British Fergie was basically posting like unicorn memes on Instagram (laughs) being like, I can't wait for him to be a member of the family. Like, unicorn memes sounds like I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. There was definitely like... It was like the inspirational greeting cards with like a unicorn on it and like love is real and then can't wait for him to be part of the family. And the British, the royal family didn't respond very well to that, obviously. So she like wasn't allowed to do some interview on like Good Morning UK or whatever because that was too embarrassing. But I think... So that's mean. But at the same time, I can understand British people being like, what What are these unicorn memes? Yeah. Really? I, You know. She's you, a Weight Watchers spokesperson. I don't totally know that they, or was. Yeah. They just rebranded. Yeah. To WW. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, I think that she is amusing to the British people. Okay. But yeah. Okay. I would like to see this wedding, so I could do with a highlight reel, like a well-produced two hours. One hour would be too short. I'd like two. This is the perfect social media wedding. I don't I don't know why they didn't think of this sooner. Well, I don't have a Facebook account anymore, so I don't want to watch it on Facebook. Instagram? You'd watch it on Instagram. Yes, which IGTV. I know is owned by Facebook. Please don't at me. I understand. <laughs> I guess I would watch it on IG. I don't know. Then I got to be holding it on my phone, on the phone to my face like so for two hours. Yeah. I would just want to, like, dip in and out and then be happy that it's all available online after to, to like, cut up and whatnot. To watch clips, etc. Yeah. yeah. We had such a nice time with the first royal wedding, though. Wouldn't you want to do, like, a two-hour special? Well, it's just not going to get the same treatment anyway. It doesn't have to be live. That's true. Did you watch the uh, documentary about the Queen that was on HBO? Not yet. I have seen all of the clips, though, because they've been on the Daily Mail nonstop. So yeah. I've seen Megan talking about her veil and how she— wore blue to her first date and then a part of that dress was her something blue on her wedding day. That's great. Um, I literally, also I wondered, did she think to wear something blue in case that could, or was that just a coincidence? That's a good question. I wish we could ask Megan follow-up. Yeah. I saw Harry joking with some people. I'm going to look forward to watching that. I'm pissed it's not, it's supposed to rain today in LA and it's yes. not. And it just would be a perfect rainy day viewing okay. for the evening. I'm pissed. Well, maybe at some point it'll rain. Yeah. Maybe one it's day. cloudy. Is that good enough for you? No. Give me the rain. Okay. Let's move on to more topical topics. Starting with Mr. Bradley Cooper, who has been on a world publicity tour all leading up to the release of A Star is Born this week. Oh, brother. So much Botox. <laughs> That's true. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga 
together. We're on the Graham Norton show last week. Yeah. And it was just a stunning amount of frozen upper cheeks from both of them, not just Bradley, from Lady Gaga, Steph as well. That's true. His face was frozen both physically and emotionally, I would say. I have never seen someone look more uncomfortable on the Graham Norton show, which, keep in keeping with our UK theme, it's pretty great. Pretty great talk show. It's the best chat show out there. I completely agree. And he disarms people in like a very charming way. And it seems like everyone, especially the UK people, seem to know that you got to up your game. Yeah. But so this lineup was Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga, Ryan Gosling, and Jodie Whittaker, who's the first female Doctor Who. And Gosling was incredibly charming, as he always is. Yeah, he's very good on the show. And then they cut to... Lady Gaga telling some stories and she's Lady Gaga so it like it it works kind of but Bradley Cooper is just sitting there he does not say anything yeah nothing he laughs kind of 3 to 5 seconds after everyone else it was really really confusing even for a person who is deeply uncomfortable in the spotlight how would you describe his overall star is born press vibe uh if, well gosh I would say it's cranky, which I think is weird when you're going for a Oscar and, like, everyone is praising you. Yes, I think that's true. Definitely resentful. Of what? Yeah, I agree with you. But it's like, Bradley Cooper, what's so bad about your life? Uh, Here's what I can't figure out. Because my least favorite celebrity thing is the celebrity who's just like, "I, I don't have time for this. How dare you ask me questions? I just want the art to speak for itself. I'm just a, I'm an artist. Like, yeah. I, I don't owe you anything, which, I, you know, okay, fine. That's great. But then don't do an interview. Don't ask for my time or attention. That's just not how it works. That's right. not how it works. Right. And there's part of being a performer is also knowing how to perform in that moment. And if you can't figure it out, then don't ask for my time. Is kind of where I am. So I am really put off by all of this. Mm-hmm. And I, but I can't tell whether that's just me. Like, I think most people are not as annoyed by that. Right. I'm just confused about why the press tour has become about, like, the un- undiscovered or uncredited genius of Bradley Cooper. I mean, maybe I haven't seen the movie and I'll feel differently. I'll be blown away by, like, right. his directing choices. But um, this is, like, not an original idea. <laughs> this is a remake. And while, you know, I love praising Steven Soderbergh for Ocean's Eleven, mm-hmm. like, I don't think you always have to be, like, reinventing the wheel. It just seems like such an oversized emphasis. Like, I listened to Lady Gaga and Zane Lowe last week, which mm-hmm. was a personal highlight because I love Zane Lowe. Mm-hmm. And, like, most of her talking points were about, like, realizing Bradley Cooper can sing and what it was like when they first sat down at the piano. One thing that's been really striking is that the the talking points will not be deviated from. Like, yes. I, how many times have we heard the story about when they met in her Malibu house and sat at the piano together and played the Creedence Clearwater Revival song? Right, and it's put leftover spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah. It's really the only story. You're completely right. You have pointed out to me that Lady Gaga seems really invested in promoting Bradley yes. Cooper, which is fascinating both— because that doesn't seem like Lady Gaga. No. But also just that it is the same three, really same story over and over, over and, and over. over again. And it's it's pretty masterful because 
if I were Lynn Hirschberg and like mm-hmm. my she wrote the W profile, yes. Bradley Cooper, and that's like one of the more recent ones. It's kind of like coming at the tail end of this press tour. I would be so pissed. Like I, you probably think you're getting some great exclusive when you talk to Bradley Cooper back in August. Yeah, and then you realize he's told the same story to everyone. Well, here's one thing I would say, and I, I don't think anyone thought that they were getting a great exclusive with Bradley Cooper in right. August because he has been historically very bad and mm-hmm. uncomfortable. In the spotlight and bad at press and recalcitrant. And Rob Hervilla wrote a great piece for The Ringer about Bradley Cooper, both his acting career and kind of then the strange sideline of his personal life um, that goes with it. And he's always been like this. Mm-hmm. So I think if you are a person who's assigning a piece on Bradley Cooper, you have to just like, you know, he's not going to cooperate. You know, he's going to be right. a kind of boring interview who doesn't give anything away. You know, he's probably going to be reluctant or even cranky. And I think the same stories are a little bit because they're sticking to the talking points and also because he's like not giving anything else. Yeah. Everything about his public persona, basically since he's dated Renee Zellweger, mm-hmm. has felt so managed and so staged. Like when the first photos of him and Irina Shayk came out, mm-hmm. it felt like they went to a, a jetty on the Mediterranean to have themselves photographed, basically. Yes. And there have been some, I think, candidates of him recently because he's been in New York, which is slightly harder to control when the paparazzis can catch yes. you. Yes. But, like, there was some pictures of him yesterday, like, walking down the street with his daughter. But, like, everything about what we know about his various relationships with, like, how he lived at home with his mom and what his friendship with Jennifer Lawrence is like and how he, like, insists on not speaking about his relationships but, like, dates other, like, very conspicuous humans, like, women out in the world, just feels so overly managed that I don't really know who the true Bradley Cooper is. I think the most true I've ever seen him was when he, Howard Stern interviewed him. Have you ever watched that? No. It's a good watch. It's definitely different than the other interviews he does. But even then, like, he sticks to the talking points. Like, it's a lot about living yeah. at home with his mom and, like, loving the Eagles and loving Philadelphia. And, like, Howard Stern asks inappropriate questions about Jennifer Lawrence because what Howard Stern does. And it's just, like, fascinating. He's. I just feel like we've been through so much with him, like, from Jack and Bobby to yes. Alias to The Hangover to the David O. Russell era to now. But none of it's actually him. I thought that you were going to bring up, do you remember, I think it was around Hangover 2, there was a clip of Bradley Cooper doing an interview in France. Mm -hmm. And he had apparently spent like a year abroad in France or something. His French is pretty good. He's got the accent. He's got the asides. He's he's beyond conversational. I mean, I, you know, I am not a fluent French speaker, so I'm not handing out qualifications. But sure, he's better than I am. And... People kind of went gaga over it. Sorry, pun not <laughs> intended. Um, just because number, it's pretty impressive, but it was also like, oh my God, like Bradley Cooper actually has a personality. Yeah. Here is a fact that we know about him. Here is him animating. There's life behind the eyes for a second. It was really fascinating. And that person basically has not showed up since then. Yeah. And I do think he's probably a really fun hang. And like, a, and like, do a, you? I actually do. Yeah, I do, based on his Howard Stern appearance. Okay. I think he's fun. I think he just has so much, like, disdain for the complex that has made him famous. And I don't know. Yeah, I think that that 
that's a real turnoff for me. I've already said that. Yeah. But but I also think that would make him not fun because if he if you're the type of person that's just going to sit in a room and be a dick to everyone or doesn't even know— The Graham Norton thing is fascinating because he actually doesn't know basic social cues. Right. It's like, uh, it's honestly like they made a Bradley Cooper robot. And, and <laughs> then they got, like then they got the timing wrong. So it's lagging five seconds behind. There's one point when Ryan Gosling is telling a story uh, or maybe, no, it's Jodie Whittaker who's telling a story about how her husband's from Tucson. Mm-hmm. And, like, three seconds go by, and then Bradley Cooper just says, Tucson. <laughs> Shot family. Tucson, Arizona? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's his contribution to the conversation. And everyone else looks so uncomfortable that she is kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, Tucson, trying yeah. to make some sort of connection, and it's not there. I don't understand. I find it baffling. I also find it pretty baffling. I, you know, it's definitely a theme of his acting performances. Yeah. And I think there are directors who have found ways to use that in interesting ways. Yeah, I mean, Todd Phillips has done did him a huge service yes. with the Hangover movies. Right. Um, asshole serving asshole. And yeah. I, and, I, and I like Todd Phillips a lot. I mean, his movies are very problematic now, but I, I do like Todd Phillips and, like, respect him a lot. I think, as we know, mm-hmm. I love a jerk mm-hmm. and you not as much. Oh, I love a jerk, I, but, but like, not this kind. I I do. I'm just <laughs> like, I'm like I have no. I like it. I'm like I I like a dick. You know, I like a dick too. But you got to back it up, and there's sure. no there there. It's like I I don't really understand what's happening. Besides, you know, he likes to say the word word film a lot. Yeah. Also, what does he have Nothing. to show for himself? Besides, I mean, I haven't again. I haven't seen the movie yet, and everyone says it's great. So maybe this is finally his moment. Up until now, he's been a fucking actor in the Hangover movies. I'm supposed to be impressed by that. I find the thing I like the least about him is uh, his reverence for Clint Eastwood. Anyone who's just like, I die on the vine for Clint Eastwood. I'm just right. like, well, that that's a question of taste that I need to dig into a little bit more. Yeah. We'll see. Everyone loves it. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. Juliet and I are going to see it on Thursday night. Can't wait. We're also sitting on the aisle like Princess Anne. <laughs> Did you notice that I got the aisle tickets for I us? I hope that's okay check. with you. Yeah, didn't check before now. I prefer to sit on an aisle. Um, <laughs> Which is great. I'm very excited. We'll see. I recommend the Rob Harvilla piece. Absolutely. It's very smart. You know, there's an essential mystery at the center of this. And I don't know that A Star is Born will answer it, but no. I'm excited. I'm excited about a new phase of Bradley Cooper. Let's keep him coming. So weird. Good character It's study. definitely weird. Yeah. It's something to talk about. We're going to move on and talk about Lindsay Lohan and Justin Bieber. But first, I have a recommendation for you. If you're listening to this podcast, I think you'd probably like Bill Simmons' conversation with Matt Damon on the Bill Simmons podcast. Bill uh, talked to him on the occasion of the Rounders 25th anniversary, and they just talked a lot about his early career, being famous in the 90s, breaking into the business, and all that. It's Matt Damon. Who says no? I love Matt Damon. And uh, you should check it out. Bill Simmons' podcast. You've probably heard of it. After all, it's... It's pretty good. Okay, more celebrity news. Let's talk about the vexing problem that is Lindsay Lohan. And we should note, it's October the 3rd, and it's a Wednesday, though neither of us are wearing pink. (laughs) Um, So Lindsay Lohan resurfaced this week. She was first at Paris Fashion Week with her brother, and then she was in Moscow, where she basically got into a fight with a random family. It's, like, very loaded to discuss. Lindsay Lohan has repeatedly over the last few years waded into geopolitics in a very inappropriate, not constructive, and bizarre way, and that continued. When she saw a family that she claimed was a Syrian refugee family, no evidence that it was, Mm -hmm. on the street, and she tried to, like, help them, 
in whatever her Lindsay Lohan way is, and they obviously were offended but while live streaming on Instagram. Yes, that's important. Yeah. And they obviously were offended, and it resulted in um, her being punched in the face. Yes, not before they tried to, you know, get away from her, understandably. They were walking away, and then she yelled, you're ruining Arab culture by doing this, which, not good. I mean, no. We don't actually have a lot to add here except to say this is reprehensible, even if Lindsay Lohan is struggling, which seems pretty clear. I feel like even when we talked about the Beach Club experience this summer, it was like, this seems great for now, but also are we sure that everything is okay here? And it would seem the answer is no. And that is absolutely no excuse for this. I feel like that, to borrow a phrase from the podcast, the press box, also Mm. on Channel 33. The overworked Twitter, it's not really a joke, observation here was that this is a pretty tidy summary of uh, American interventionism abroad. And that seems right. And it's horrifying. And this is is a no. I want to have fun with Lindsay Lohan because she's such an absurdist character. But she just repeatedly does such ridiculous and actually consequential things that are offensive, that it's, it yes. makes it really hard. It, I was, like, looking forward to the MTV show about her right. beach club, but, like, I, there's no way that's not a yeah. hot mess. I, I don't know how you do something with Lindsay Lohan without her being, like, where she's actually involved. Right. It's I mean, she was posting on Instagram about that show in a way that's she was upset with MTV, which seems yeah. to indicate it may not happen. I mean, yeah. it's a sad situation for her, but also, this is not okay. Yeah. I don't really know what to say about her. The other thing that was weird is that she was seen with her brother at Fashion Week, which mm-hmm. she has not. She's not been like in the kind of like high fashion world in quite some time. I'm not sure she was really ever completely in it, but she certainly used to get invites. It was just sort of like a weird return to a big celebrity stage for her, mm-hmm. choosing to be in Paris then. She's obviously unwell. Yeah. I don't know. She's a tough one. It's, it's tough. It's this is. I it's wish she was a, a fun character, but she's not. It's a really bad situation. Moving right along. TMZ confirmed yesterday. Yes. Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin actually married. Yes. They, they had a court wedding in New York when they got their marriage license. No prenup. And they apparently, TMZ followed up today saying that though they're legally married, they don't consider themselves officially married because they haven't cemented their vows with the man upstairs. Yes. So they don't consider it real until they have a church wedding which it's not clear when that will be happening, except to say it's early next year. According to TMZ, either in upstate New York or Ontario, Canada. Also a lot of just like Bieber out in, out in the world. He yeah. was busking at Buckingham Palace yes. two this weeks happened, ago. Yes, so this happened. We, I was in London when this happened. You were in happened. London. I didn't see it, unfortunately. We discussed Princess Anne and then the fact that you were there. It was a royal-themed <laughs> podcast while you were gone. We talked about this a bit. With Katie Weaver while you were gone, and mm. she said she wouldn't believe in it until TMZ reported it, which I felt good about because you would have said the same thing. Totally. Yeah. Thanks, and, Katie. And then here we are. Um, so they're definitely married after a few months, but apparently they're waiting to marry in front of God in Ontario or upstate New York. Can I just say, don't—they need to not get married in upstate New York. That's played out. And I say that as someone who got married in upstate You're New like, York. You're like, barn weddings are over. I mean, they were over before I did it, but and we had a nice time. But come on, fam. No. why? Do they have any connection to upstate New York? Does Haley Baldwin? 
No. Okay. That's great. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, they probably met one person who were, who was like recommended a wedding venue and where they were like, yeah, cool. I mean, they both seem extremely impressionable. That's so, true. I mean, that seems how they're like how they got legally married during yeah. Fashion Week in New York. I feel like with Bieber, he's lost the battle for Ontario. Like that's just Drake territory. And okay. he's like looking for a new land to conquer as his okay. own. He isn't wanted in Beverly Hills. I don't think he's wanted in probably New Jersey where he has a home or New York or upstate New York. So they've gone to Europe. They're still in, they're like, I guess they're back in New York now. They were in London for a while. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what their proper place is, but I kind of feel like they, that Bieber should just buy an island in the Caribbean and they should live there. They would get pretty bored though. I don't know. Would they? I mean, I, I don't feel, I wish them well. Maybe they like each other. I, I don't really think that they're at a point where they can sustain just like being on an island alone together. Yeah. I don't really think any 20-something that's had Bieber's experience could handle that with or without his wife. But I, I don't know. That seems like, I mean, maybe if you're looking to just get all the messiness out of the way and then they can decide what to do, that's a good social experiment. I hope he films it. It would be, what, Never Say Never too. That would be fantastic. Would be an, love, it would be an movie. iconic document of our time. Juliet and I are willing to produce that <laughs> if anyone's looking for those services. You know what didn't take off this year and I wanted it to was the follow-up to um, I'm the One, the Chance the Rapper, DJ Khaled, Bieber song, No Brainer. Yeah. I think it's a very good song. It just didn't really take off in the same way. Yeah, that's not what the, We've the moved kids on. are into. Yeah, We've moved on, that I guess. kind of pop music is—it's not cool anymore. It's too bad. It'll, that means they'll have a renaissance, which is nice for us, but— yeah. You know what I thought you were going to say? What? I thought that you were going to cite some sort of music documentary that didn't take off that you were oh. really— I, well, that was like a, one. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That was like a perfect opportunity for you, and you <laughs> didn't take it. <laughs> I'm off my game today. I'm wondering who will be the next Bieber. Like, who will be the next superstar that we watch for 10 years? I don't know. Like, like him. I mean, I guess like Ariana Grande. Is, I, yeah, is, it is Ariana Grande. It's kind of that. It's hard to, it's hard to imagine any kind of wreckage— with her in the same way? Well, I mean, she's been through a lot already. She's been through a lot. And, I, you know, she and Pete Davidson still seem to be together. Yes. But that also, you know, I, I, I also her. wish them well. I do. I mean, God, what I, I really, really, really feel for her. She's had an extremely difficult Me too. couple of years. I listened to the entire Sweetener album this morning before mm-hmm. 8 a.m. Okay. In, in, my, mean, in my darkened apartment because I was getting ready for work. Why was it dark? I just like natural light, so I don't turn the lights on really. I mean, I do that too, but like what time are you listening to Sweetener? Um, I think I started around like 6.45. That is really, really early <laughs> for Sweetener. <laughs> One of my friends texted me saying she was just like really enjoying it. I was like, yeah, I'll put it on. Okay. And I just started, I listened to the whole album. It's good. It is good. Yeah. I don't know if it's a 6.45 in the morning good. <laughs> I just love pop music, you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it speaks to me. May I read you the last paragraph of this TMZ report on Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin? You certainly may. Whether you believe JB and HB don't consider themselves husband and wife, it seems he's warming up to the idea. He reportedly referred to Haley as his wife during a museum trip in his hometown. In case you're wondering why they hit up a museum, it has a Bieber exhibit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. So one thing I'll just say is that if you're warming up to the idea of having a wife after you've legally made someone your wife, just, you know, let's— Let's think about those timelines. Anyone else who is considering making someone their husband or wife in the near future, make sure you get your timing right. That's tough. It is tough. Make good decisions, people. I mean, I agree. This is this breaks all of your code. <laughs> Every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back in two weeks. And don't forget to check out the Halloween Unmasked podcast and Matt Damon on the Bill Simmons podcast. I'm Julia Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Talk to you soon. <laughs>